0: Coast to coast, nonstop action. This is the premier source for National Hockey League news. Scores, highlights, and the Anaheim Ducks. It's time to light the lamp with Alexis Downey.
1: Welcome to Light the Lamp here on DuckStream. I am your host, Alexis Downey. Happy Monday and happy day after the Super Bowl. I'm not sure why this is not a national holiday yet, but it really should be. Now, I was cheering for the Philadelphia Eagles yesterday, so certainly a little bit of a bummer that the Chiefs were able to win it. But still, it was a solid game overall, and that's all you can ask for. I mean, the best part about the Super Bowl anyway is always the snacks, the halftime show and the commercials. That's why people love to watch it. I had some great snacks at my Super Bowl party that I attended, and I thought the commercials were okay this year. I feel like they haven't been all that great in recent years, but Rihanna absolutely stole the show during the halftime. Incredible job, and she has so many great songs too. Now, my NFL team is the Pittsburgh Steelers, so the only other part of the night that I did enjoy was seeing Juju Smith-Schuster, a former Steeler, win the Super Bowl. But let's get back to hockey now because the Ducks did play on Super Bowl Sunday against the Vegas Golden Knights before the Super Bowl started an afternoon game up in Vegas the dad's trip continuing from Friday's game against the Penguins and the last two games for the Ducks have just been disappointing and they really have a tough week of hockey ahead of them too so not necessarily the start you want heading into this week the Ducks fell 6-3 to three on Friday at Honda Center to the Pittsburgh Penguins but John Gibson said a new Ducks record in the net, making 53 saves on the night against the Penguins, 59 shots. There was also some little things that happened to give the Penguins some opportunities. The Ducks just could not get it out of their zone, and that led to some problems for the team. The Penguins just swarming in the ozone, and overall, they just seem like the more hungry team heading into this game. They're definitely in a more crucial spot right now in their season where they do have to get these wins. That's something I talked about with Steve Mears on Friday's episode of Light the Lamp. So, not surprised the Pittsburgh came out really strong in this game. But the Ducks, like I said, headed to Vegas on Sunday, and things just really didn't get much better. A 7-2 to loss for the team. So, let's take a look at the game now in AD's takeaways. A couple things to note. Prior to the game on Sunday, the Ducks did announce that they recalled Lukas Dostal, the goaltender from the San Diego Gulls, and they reassigned Ole Eriksson-Eck back to the Gulls. Also, John Klingberg did not play as he was out with an illness. Colton White replacing him on that decor, and the Ducks did keep the game close despite the what the final score said two to one after two periods of play, only giving Vegas two goals. But it was just that third period where everything fell apart. Vegas scored. Five goals in the third period. And honestly, the third didn't start out bad for the team. It was just once Vegas got going, they just kept it rolling. Seven different players for the Golden Knights ended up scoring in this game. And that was their third straight win. So certainly some momentum for the team as well. Now, one positive, and I keep talking about it again and again, the penalty kill doing well in this one, killing off both of the penalties that they had for the team. Obviously, great to see that growth in the more recent games. But the Ducks did only put up 25 shots on goal, and it just seemed like they were deflated in that third period and tired. As I can imagine, you can be in Vegas. Certainly not the ending you want, especially with the dads on the trip. But the team will have the opportunity to bounce back this week as they will have a two-game homestand against the Buffalo Sabres and then the LA Kings later this week. And now let's go coast to coast to hear some of the best goal calls from around the NHL over the weekend, beginning on Saturday with the Washington Capitals and Boston Bruins, a big two to one win at TD Garden for the Caps as they continue to compete in the Eastern Conference. Now, this was the Bruins fourth loss in the last five games for the team and only their second loss in regulation at home this season for Boston, so really still putting up some strong numbers at TD Garden. The Caps had a 2-0 lead, but Boston did cut it in half. And for the Capitals, Garnett Hathaway, he put a high slot shot on the net in the second period, putting it past the Bruins' Jeremy Swayman in the net. Listen to the call of the goal by John Walton.
0: Hathaway in the far wing. Santa yes. will dump it in. Connor Clifton, first one back for the puck. Jacob Lauko to center, gave it away. Hathaway coming down the middle, he scores! Hathaway with a shot! Ring it up for Garney, it's 2-0
1: Washington! Next up, also on Saturday, the New York Rangers taking on the Carolina Hurricanes. And this was the show of Artemi Panarin. He was absolutely on fire in this game, helping the Rangers extend their win streak to five games. And they defeated the Hurricanes 6-2. to Now, these are two of the league's leaders in points right now. So it was going to be a tight game. We knew that going into it. And this was the second game that New York played since acquiring Vladimir Tarasenko. And he seems to be fitting in well in New York as he scored in his first game with the team back on Friday against Seattle. So back-to-back games for the Rangers, but it really was no problem for the team. Panarin ended Saturday with four goals and an assist for a total of five points in this game. MSG Radio Network has the goal call from Panarin's fourth goal of the game.
0: Here's Panarin again, fires a shot and scores between the circles.
1: How about four? And now, after taking on the Ducks on Friday, the Pittsburgh Penguins flew up to Crypto.com Arena on Saturday to take on the LA Kings. This was a shutout 6-0 performance for Kings goaltender Phoenix Copley, who made 25 saves as a part of their win. Adrian Kempe netted a natural hat trick in the second period while the Kings were on the power play, creating some traffic in front of the Pittsburgh net. Nick Nixon of the LA Kings Audio Network has the goal call.
0: And off the draw, Byfield tips it out to Dowdy. Dowdy leaves it on the left wing boards. Fiala cross ice to Kempe. Kempe now out up high to Dowdy in the middle. Dowdy to Kempe, right circle. Right wing boards now. Kempe. Down low, base of the circle, Kopitar moves up high, dumps it down low, Kempe, and Kopitar switch again. A pass to Kopitar, right circle. Kopitar holding a shot pass block, Kempe scores! Hat-trick goal, Adrian Kempe! It's a natural hat-trick. All three of his goals here tonight, here in the second period. And the hats are coming on the ice. Here at Crypto.com Arena, Adrian Kempe, his third career hat trick here tonight. Goals 23, 24, and 25, 5-0 Kings.
1: Coming up next for today's interview, we welcome Elliot Friedman back to the show to discuss the latest talk around the NHL following All-Star Weekend. And as we get closer to that trade deadline, listen in now. Welcome back to Light the Lamp. Now, Elliot Friedman. Elliot, how are you doing today?
2: Uh, I'm making it up as I go along, Alexis. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm doing.
1: <laughs> Did you watch the Super? How are you? I was gonna say good. Did you watch the Super Bowl last night? I'm a big
2: football fan. Uh, we, have, my buddies, have an annual party at one of their houses. Uh, we play cards. We play we eat disgusting amounts of food. <laughs> um, we watch the game. Uh, I bet on the chiefs. So I was happy. What about you?
1: I did watch it. I was hoping for the Eagles to win just because I wanted a new team. Um, uh, my team is the Steelers. So I was like, well, at least it's a Pennsylvania team. Um, but just happy for Juju Smith Schuster in this case. <laughs>
2: I can see now why you're wearing a black sweater. (laughs) I get that. I get that.
1: (laughs) Well, I know today's been quite a busy day for you. Uh, you know, one of the biggest story, the biggest storyline in the NHL right now is Jacob Chikrin. Um, and -hmm. it just seems like it's a matter of time and when we're going to hear where he lands, but, um, how has it been for you covering this storyline?
2: Well, it's been, it's been pretty wild because, you know, we've known for about a year and a half now that Jacob Chickren was probably going to be traded by Arizona. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure on some level, everybody here is saying, we want it to be over. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that the team is like that. Um, the I'm sure the player is like that. Uh, and I'm sure there's lots of people in that organization who would like this to be done. And, you know, when they send out a note, like the Coyotes sent out on Saturday night, then we all really start racing and trying to figure out what's going on. And uh, I do think your uh, arch rivals up there, your freeway arch rivals, are at the forefront of this. Um, there have been times I thought they were going to get them. There have been times I haven't been so sure. I think we, I think some people got a little bit too excited on the weekend. Uh, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I still think it could happen, but there's clearly some kind of snag that hit this over on the weekend. But I. I think they're still trying, Alexis. I do.
1: Do you think LA is a good landing spot for him?
2: Well, I'm on an Anaheim show, so I should say this is terrible, right? <laughs> like that's what I I have to do. No, I, I I think that he's exactly what they're looking for. Like if you watch the the Kings, I know Ducks fans probably have watched them a lot this year. They have too many. They're one of the few teams in the league that has too many right hand shots. Like you can almost say you never can have too many right hand shots, but they do on their blue line. They've got a guy in Sean Dersey who's a right-hand shot playing the left side. You just don't see that very often. The Kings have been looking for a left defenseman. They've also been looking for a left defenseman with term. And Jacob Chikrin has a couple years left, and he's exactly what they want. And, uh, you know, on our podcast today, I compared it to like a high school romance. (laughs) Like two people like each other from afar, and they both kind of know they like each other. But eventually you've got to, you know, one person has to ask the other one out, and you're to going on a real date. I think that's kind of where we are. We're in like the, we're like, we're in the trying to date phase and let's just see if they can get it done.
1: I like that analogy.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Brings back a lot of horror memories. I'll tell you that.
1: Right. (laughs) Well, another team I know that's been in the news lately, the New York Rangers with their acquisition of Vladimir Tarasenko already fitting in a little bit well in New York, it seems. But what have been your thoughts on the way New York has been this season and going out and acquiring him?
2: Well, they started a bit slowly, but I, I was never overly worried. I think, you know, sometimes when you, you know, they went from a team that had no expectations. They went to the Stanley Cup semifinals last year. And I think sometimes when, for the first time, when you have expectations on yourself, it's a little hard to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think early in the year, the goalie was, you know, he was superhuman last year and he was merely normal. I think everybody had to get their feet. But I think we all looked at the roster and thought there was a lot of talent. Now they're going. I think Tarasenko is is a really good fit for them. You know, the thing about him, Alexis, is he's really been unhappy in St. Louis. Mm -hmm. And I I, I just think it's hard to be at your best when you're unhappy. It drags the rest of your team down. Like, you could see his first couple games for the Rangers, he was so excited. He was so happy. And I think the other thing it really does for the Rangers is it shows that management there thinks they can win. You're not going out and getting that guy unless you think you can win. And he, the, the Rangers looked awesome on the weekend. They look great against Seattle. They look great against Carolina. And and you can see that group says, okay, uh, everybody here thinks that we can win. And it gives you a boost.
1: Do you think they have a legitimate chance this year?
2: Yes, do. I do. I think anytime you have a goalie that good, you've got a chance. And I think they're deep. Like, they've got... Uh, they've got a lot of good players. They've got uh, a lot of playoff-tested guys. They've got a lot of guys who can score. Um, You know, Mikola, the guy that got in the deal with St. Louis, the defenseman, he doesn't get a lot of attention, but he's a good depth guy. Like, I look the Rangers up and down, and I see a deep, deep team with a lot of players who can play and a lot of players who can score. And when you back it up with that goalie, um, you know, it, it looks good. I think the East playoffs this year, are going to be murder. I, I I really do. You're looking at that one division. You've got, you know, three of the league's best five teams there in Boston, Tampa, and Toronto it, in the East is going to be a nightmare this year.
1: In particular, that wild card spot right now, it just seems like it's going to be a race down to the wire in the East.
2: Yeah. And you saw Pittsburgh the other night mm-hmm. and the one thing for them is the math is good for them. And, uh, you know, as long as uh, Trevor Zegras isn't making Sidney Crosby angry every night. Then uh, you know Crosby's playing great. the The Penguins have the good math. They've played fewer games than ever, anybody else, and they're right there. Like the math isn't great for the Islanders. The math isn't great for the Panthers. The math is better for Washington. Like if you're if you're Florida and you're New York, the Islanders. I mean, you can't be throwing games away, Alexis. They the math is not as good for them.
1: You mentioned the Panthers. Are you surprised by where they're at this season?
2: Yes, uh, I knew they'd take a step back. I think everybody felt they would take a step back, but I didn't think they would have been struggling to make the playoffs. Mm. Um, so my short answer to your question is yes. I think the Kachuk trade long term is going to turn out good for them. He's a hell of a player and he's showing it. But they're thin on defense, and uh, they uh, and they have to figure out their goaltending. They've got talented people there, but they're they're not playing their best and. You know, Florida's a team that likes to score, but Mm -hmm. they're giving up a lot. And in this league, you got to be able to check. They can't check yet.
1: Well, we already talked about them a little bit, but the LA Kings did sign Phoenix Copley to a one-year deal on Friday. Now, he's been really Mm -hmm. great for them this season, and they also have Jonathan Quick. But how do you see the Kings playing out the rest of the season in the West?
2: Well, I do think, you know, obviously with Chikrin, they're looking for a left shot D and, and if they don't get him, I think they're going to go get somebody else. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to do a left shot D. I think they have looked at goalies Alexis, but um, until I'm proven wrong, like unless, unless like somehow Vamelka's is in this LA deal with Arizona or they, or they go out, then they're probably going to go out and do something in the summer. Uh, I think they do have interest in addressing their goalie position long-term I was told more likely than not in the summer, mm-hmm. unless there's a surprise right now. But I, I do think left defenseman is where they're looking at right now. We'll see if they close that one. Like, I think the West is wide open. I, you know, I know Colorado is like right at the bottom, mm-hmm. but uh, if they're healthy, nobody wants, nobody wants to see them. Right. And then after that, I think the West is really wide open this year.
1: Well, of course, we have to talk about the Ducks as well and yep. where they're at with the season. Now, they had some wins recently, and then the last two games, they kind of fell off a bit. But are you surprised, or is this exactly what you expected from the team as to where they are right now in the season?
2: I think this year, Alexis, we pretty much expected that mm-hmm. this was the way it was going to be. I, you know, nobody likes it. Um, uh, I think you understand at times teams have to go through this. And the one thing I think is that I think your general manager is understanding that they had to go through this. Um, But it's tough to watch sometimes. I understand. The the thing that I think, Alexis, is are your young players getting better? Is Zegers getting better? Is McTavish getting better? You know, unfortunately, Drysdale got hurt, so that affects him. But that's that's the way I judge your season this year. Uh, I, I judge it by... Are your best young players, like when you guys are ready to start winning again, Zygris and McTavish are going to be two of the most important players on your roster. I look at it and say, are you getting better? Because if the answer is yes, those guys are getting better, then that's something you can point at and say, that's important for your season.
1: What have you thought about Mason McTavish's season so far?
2: Well, I think you have to give up your Canadian card if you don't like Mason McTavish. Like he's the...
1: You know, like I, I look at that.
2: First of all, I think the guy's really competitive, and mm-hmm. and and to me, that's that's the most important thing, Alexis. I don't think you can be successful in life, on or off the ice, if you're not competitive. And I see a guy who's who's really competitive. You know, I, like I don't get a chance to watch guys a lot as juniors. I, the NHL is enough for me. I don't mm-hmm. really get a chance to watch the other stuff. But that play he made in the in the gold medal game last year, the save on the goal line. Like, I think everybody, when they saw that, they said, boy, what, what a special player and, and what a smart player that kid is. Like, if you are smart enough not to give on, give up on that play, I think everybody always has time for you. And the times I've watched McTavish this year, he's competitive. He doesn't back down. Does he get beat sometimes? Yes. Does he get, uh, does he get schooled by some more veteran players here and there? Yes. But to me, that's normal. And I think he's competitive and I I always see his motor going. And that's why for the long term, uh, I think he's going to be a really good player for you guys.
1: One last duck. I want to talk about John Gibson in the net recently. He set a record for the team with 53 saves against the Penguins the other night. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, he's been in a tough situation facing a lot of shots this season, but do you see a future for him somewhere else?
2: Are, like uh, how much trouble can I get you in, Alexis? Like that's what like I'm like, curious. Is Pad Verbeek, Verbeek gonna watch this and go, "What are you doing with that with me here?" Okay, so um, you know, I, I would say this. I, I would think, and I I don't like to get people in trouble with their own organization, so I, I want to be delicate with this. Okay. I I would think that John Gibson would like to be somewhere else where the the cycle is closer to winning. And I don't think it's because John Gibson hates the Ducks or hates Anaheim or is unhappy there. I think he will always remember uh, the, the Ducks for giving him a shot. I, I think, though, look, when you look at his age and you look at where he is, he's probably sitting there and saying, I just want to be in a position where we're closer to winning because, you know, he's getting older and this, this, this project is going to take a few years. So I have no doubt that Verbeek has looked into it. I have no doubt that other teams have looked into it. It's just a matter of finding the proper match. But, mm-hmm. you know, the one thing, like, you talked about that the other night. I always tell people, Alexis, on every level of life, the right people are always watching. Mm-hmm. Like, you watched that game last Friday against the P- Pittsburgh. You said 53 saves in a game you guys lost. If you're competing in games like that, people are going to see it. Mm-hmm. They are absolutely, and that's the best thing John Gibson can do for himself is compete his tail off, even if the Ducks are not chasing a playoff spot.
1: Absolutely. I agree with you. I was just curious to hear your opinion on that side too. Uh, what's You another-
2: know, I, I, just think, honestly, Alexis, <laughs> I just think the toughest thing right now is that a lot of teams can't take term and John's mm-hmm. got term and that's the biggest issue. Mm-hmm.
1: Understandable. What's another team that you have your eye on as of recently? Well, you know,
2: I live in Toronto and people think I'm a leaf homer as it is. So, uh, I, like I, they're the team I'm watching the most, like mm-hmm. they are, they, they haven't won a playoff round in a long time. Mm-hmm. They have a really good team. They've got a nightmare set up. Like they've got to go through Tampa and likely Boston. Uh, like we said, those are three of the best five or six teams in the league mm-hmm. and two of them through two rounds of the playoffs, two of those teams are going to be out and, uh, So, and, and plus there's contracts on the line here. So I, I'm really curious to see what they're going to do. I, I know people hate Toronto. Um, I've lived here for all my life, so I love the city, but I, I think this, I think the Maple Leafs are going to be a fascinating team to watch what they do.
1: Well, as we get closer to that trade deadline, I'm curious about what your process is like. I'm sure it really ramps up as we get towards the end of the month, but I mean, do you, have time for yourself still as we get close to that date?
2: <laughs> well, you know, I, I told, uh, I told my wife, she's a single mom until March 3rd. So she understands <laughs> that, um, you know, it, like it's, it's weird. Like, you know, the, the thing is like, it's funny. Like when that Arizona, we were talking about it with Merrick, my Jeff Merrick, my co-host, but when that Arizona tweet comes down, like those are the nights you hate the year in the Eastern time zone. Cause mm. even though the coyotes are playing in Nashville and St. Louis right now they're a West coast team. So you're like thinking like, there's been a couple of times where in my career uh, where I've woken up in the morning saying you, and there's a text, like you missed this. Cause it happened overnight and you can't do everything, but it still bothers me. So <laughs> this time of year, like I, I will admit it this time of the year, I'm triply paranoid. There's no question about that. You're, you're working, you're busy. You're always checking. Like we know this chicken thing is running on our doorsteps potentially. Mm-hmm. so. We're super paranoid.
1: Hey, I've got your uh, tweets on notification for right now.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you very much. (laughs) uh, You know what? At this time, I'm always make sure that I'm not frivolous Mm. because I know there's a lot of people out there that are like that. Like I just had to, I just had to sell, tell someone I'd call them in two minutes. Um, I know there's a lot of people who are like that, so I try not to make too many frivolous tweets so I don't blow up your phone, Alexis. I'm, <laughs> I'm very considerate that way.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Well, I'll get you uh, one last question, uh, going mm-hmm. back in your career, what was the first biggest trade that you broke that you remember?
2: That's a, that's a great question. And it was actually in my basketball reporting days. Mm. Uh, I, 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 uh, I reported, I can't remember which one was first. They were two different years. So I, I can't remember if they were the same year or different years, but I broke that. Um, the Raptors were going to trade for Charles Oakley for Marcus Canby from the Knicks. Mm. And also that they were going to, now I kind of screwed this up. I said they were going to draft Vince Carter and, <laughs> They didn't they drafted antoine jameson and then they traded jameson to golden state for vince carter so i knew they were going to take but i said it wrong on the air and i have to tell you that was like 10 of the longest minutes of my life when i said they were taking vince carter and they didn't and then so someone said to me you can take credit for that one even though you didn't do it properly so I guess I kind of (laughs) do.
1: You live and you learn, and now it's gotten you to where you're at now.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes.
1: All right, Elliot Friedman, thank you for joining us here on DuckStream.
2: My pleasure, Alexis. Thanks for having me.
1: As always, it's time for my final quack for this episode, where I share my last thoughts before the end of the show. Make sure to come out to the Ducks and Sabres game on Wednesday as Anaheim will celebrate Superheroes Night. We are also going to have a Trevor Zegers action figure giveaway as a part of it. The puck drop is at 7 p.m don't miss it the action figure if you haven't seen it already you can check it out on our duck stream twitter as a part of a giveaway that we had going on really cool item like i said make sure to come out for the game on wednesday and if you can't make it you can always listen to the call here on duck stream thank you for listening to light the lamp as always i am alexis downey come back again for more hockey talk right here on duck stream
0: this is an anaheim ducks original production on duck stream